Welcome back to another episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson. And as always here, we are joined by head men's basketball coach of the Briarcliff Chargers, Coach Mark Figuera. Coach, how are we doing tonight? How was the Thanksgiving? Uh, and I just want to start out because I know it's pretty common. You voice your opinion on the podcast before of your thoughts of Thanksgiving just in general here. Well, it's fine. I mean, it's good to see family, all that stuff, but you know, the food's overrated. If Turkey was that good. We'd eat it all the time. There's a reason it's, it's a once a year thing. Cause it's not very good, but uh, you know, that that's played out. People know my thoughts on that. I did smoke a Turkey breast for the sake of saying I had some Turkey, but I'll be good for another 365 days now. We talked really quickly before we started the podcast here. You said you had smoked some ribs, I guess. Just quickly, what, yeah, that, what is that? That's main? actually what I did on Thanksgiving. The smoked ribs? That's what I had for Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. What's the main go-to if you're going to smoke something? Like, what's your either favorite or what's your the best that you're making? Well, everything I do is pretty good. But, uh, uh, you know, ri- ribs are probably the, the go-to. The ribs Easy. are the go-to? Yeah. Doesn't take a whole lot of work. Don't have to check them a whole lot. Just let the smoker do the work. We falling off the bone with the ribs when you take them out, or yeah, you want them to actually not quite fall off. You want them to be almost to that point. If they fall off, they're probably a little too done. Okay. You know, you still want to you still want to get a bite out of it. You don't want the whole thing to fall off on your first bite of every rib. Would you so there, consider there's a, little, your... there's a balance there? Would you consider yourself? the best I don't want to say cook the best smoker out of all the GPAC head coaches to your knowledge oh I'm sure I am and I I would say cook probably for being honest just all across the board here I've only I will say coach Wilbert Dakota Wesland makes a mean breakfast he's got a mean french toast I can I can vouch for that other than that it's, it's hard to know you know, I just think pretty highly of myself in the kitchen and on the smoker. I, I'm going to second the Coach Wilbur breakfast thing. I had it for two years, and I'm also going to give him a quick shout-out. He's probably the best baker when it comes to head GPAC coaches. I know he makes all this kid's cake. That's He's he's kind of a wizard when it comes to that, so i got to give a shout-out to him. But, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Hope everyone here had a really good Thanksgiving with family and friends. So, well, Coach, we're just going to dive in and talk about the one game we had last week before Thanksgiving break. On Tuesday, we were at home against a really good Dork team. Unfortunately, came on uh, the losing end. Lost by 13 here. Final score, 81-68. Uh, and just running it through here quick, Coach, down by 11 at half, maybe not the start. Uh, that you wanted for the guys at the beginning of the game. Turned it around here a little bit in the second half, played pretty even. Uh, but just unfortunately, Dork uh, just a little too much uh, here Tuesday night. Yeah, it was, you know, unfortunately, um, another slow start for us. We got down 9-2, to two, maybe 11-2 to two right off the bat. And that's something that has, has been a, a trend that needs to be rectified ASAP. But uh, we were we were fighting from behind from the get-go. And we had a couple chances, you know, we did cut it a couple different times and, and had it down to five, had a couple turnovers that led to a couple easy Dort buckets and down 11 at half and coming out of half really cranked up the pressure, I thought, and cut it to five right away. And then it was in a blink of an eye, it's back up to 11. And we just kind of felt like we were trying to dig out of a hole 
the entire time. And we did make a couple of nice runs, but unfortunately we weren't able to sustain any of those as long as we needed to and weren't able to get a couple key stops or a couple key rebounds that maybe could have kick-started a run. And then had a couple of really good shots that, that just didn't fall, unfortunately. So it was, you know, tough night, good team, and we we need to be better for, for 40 minutes. That's, you know, something we've talked about a lot now with our guys is of our eight games, I think we've played one really complete 40-minute game from start to finish where we were really dialed in and, and really executed at a high level. And that was against William Penn. And, and we've certainly had stretches of every game where we've played really well and done some really good things. But right now it's not sustaining for a long enough period of time to win GPAC games against some of the really good teams in the league. And that's something we're, we're just – we're a work in progress a little bit. We're constantly working on that adjusted some practice schedule type of things, you know, adjusted some defensive things we're doing. You know, we're going to, we're going to play some different lineups at times, potentially moving forward here. But uh, when we're good, we're pretty good. But the flip side of that is when, when we're not as good, we're, we're not very good right now. And we need to, we need to somehow bridge that gap a little bit as we start to move forward. Yeah. Just, me, I already have a little bit of an idea, but maybe for some people that have an outside uh, view inside the program and a different outlook and things, when you talk about maybe not having a complete 40 minutes sometime, whether it be starting either slow at the beginning of the game or a little slow coming out of the locker room at halftime, when it comes to adjustments or things that you guys as a coaching staff like to do with the guys to correct that, for people that don't know, does that maybe start in practice with the way that you guys have the, the practice game plan? Or does that start with on game night, how you guys are doing band work before games, getting stretched, getting loose, maybe what the guys are doing in the locker room? Where does that kind of start uh, for you guys? I think it always has to start in practice. That's where you build your habits on a daily basis. And, you know, something we've talked about, especially with our upperclassmen, guys that have been been around, you know, we have had some instances in practice where we're a little inconsistent and that like anything can become a habit. And so we, we changed up our practice routine just a little bit, nothing drastic, but when we're doing certain drills, when we're going live versus when we're shooting or when we're going through five on O things, we've just kind of mixed that up a little bit to try to break the monotony of doing the same routine every single day so it's it starts it with their game day there's you know, I don't know that there's a ton you're going to change we need to get our stretching in we need to get shots up and get a sweat going warm-ups so I don't think that changes a whole lot maybe maybe shoot arounds can change a little bit but it's from an adjustment standpoint with that stuff there's there's not a whole lot you can do from an x's and o standpoint obviously there's a lot of things you can do I'm never comfortable doing something, trying to throw it into a game that we've never practiced. You're not going to see us come out in a one-three-one zone or anything like that out of halftime, anything crazy like that. But there's definitely things we'll work on. Maybe it's not even every day, but some things we've worked on and we can go to at halftime and say, hey, we're going to do this when the ball goes to the post or we're going to look at this ball screen coverage coming out of the second half. So some of those things are really, really good. But – 
all in all, it comes down to we, we need to be a little more consistent. And I think if we can do that day-to-day in practice, we start to build that habit and we're going to see more consistency as we go into games. Yeah, and this last Tuesday, just recap, and final score, 81-68. Uh, came up on the short end against a, a really good Dort team uh, who, Coach, you can probably attest to it's going to have a really nice year, very well coached. Uh, I know you got a lot of respect for Coach uh, VH there. So uh, loss on that one, 81-68. And then, Coach, you looked at this week, just one more game again this week, but another Sioux County team in the Northwestern Red Raiders having to go up to Orange City Wednesday night here. And another team that's uh, well-respected and well-known across the country uh, and a well coach. I know Coach Corver's been doing it as long as, as anyone and everyone knows Coach Corver. And you look at this Northwestern team here on Wednesday night, maybe they don't return a lot of some household names, but I mean, they still got a couple of guys there who, who can stuff up a stat sheet and can really get after you there on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we had the one last week. We have just the one this week. And in the first eight games, our first eight games were played in a 26-day span. And from that door game a week ago until we play Morningside next week, we're going to play two games in like a 17-day span or something like that. So it's 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 interesting. It's a kind of a weird time for that. But at the same time, it's going to give us a lot of practice time over the week, week and a half, which is going to be really good for us, I think. But uh, Northwestern's really good. You know, Alex Van Colsbeek's one of the, one of the elite players, probably in the country, not just the G Pack. He's been beat up for him the last couple of weeks um, and has missed some time, but he's he's a load to deal with inside. Um, he demands a lot of attention from your defense, but beyond that, and they have a lot of guys that can score it. They have a transfer guard and and Dylan Carlson, who's really shooting the ball well for him. Craig Sturk's a guy who played for him a couple of years ago and was gone for a year and now he's back he's having a nice year and so offensively they have a lot of weapons they've always run really really good stuff on the offensive end and then you know defensively they, they always make you work for it they're not going to be you know the most aggressive in your face defense but they're always going to be in the right position they're going to make you work to get great shots and like you said they're going to be well coached coach Corver's been doing it since longer than I've been in college basketball and you know, they're going to be well coached. You know, it's going to be a tough environment to play in and we're going to go up there ready to go. Yeah. And you know, some of those people that don't know coach Corver is one of those coaches that understands a lot of the X's and O's and, and mismatch. And he's one of those guys that if he runs a set one time down the floor and might like what he sees, I mean, he's not afraid to run that exact same set three, four five times in a row until you make those defensive adjustments. So how much are you kind of preaching that to your guys in practice for that week leading up um, on the defensive side uh, with having to be well-known with what sets Northwestern's coming at you and different schemes and things like that when it comes to their personnel? Yeah, it's something we'll hit on a lot tomorrow in practice and scouting report and then our shoot around on Wednesday. They have a ton of sets. They might have more sets than we do, and that's saying something. But uh, – you're right, Coach Coach Corver will find something he likes and he'll go to do it. He's not afraid to keep going back to that well. And I, I always half jokingly tell our guys, but I'm not really joking. If if he thinks you can't guard a certain action, he's gonna put you in that action as many times as he can. And unfortunately, I can attest to it as a player because I was in that situation where I was attacked by uh by a Coach Corver game plan. So you have to be really dialed in. You can't take breaks, you can't relax when you play these guys because they're just going to continually come at you 
and keep the pressure on your defense on their offensive end. And yeah, another thing that people might not know right away, uh, Coach Corbett been there for a while, but their assistant coach uh, is a guy that everyone in the GPAC knows. I know Colton Coima came back, was an All-American guard of them. Coach, if you're putting our or you and Forbes in a shooting ladder competition against Corver and Coima, is it even close? Do we even have a competition? I've been shooting the ball pretty well lately. Don't underestimate my three ball, Bobby, first of all. You know, Colton, Colton was pretty good. No doubt about that. And I, I think Coach Corver can shoot it a little bit. I always think about not just necessarily shooting contests, but what, what's a three-on-three game look like between the coaches? So you'd, you'd have me and, and Forbes and Saban. And, uh, you know, Northwestern has Coach Corver, Colton Coima, and Ben Miller. That's two GPAC players of the year from the last, from the last decade. I think they might get us. They're going to be tough to guard in that situation. Yeah, if there was ever a GPAC three-on-three tournament, I would say those guys are probably going to be up there. But, yeah, no, just the one game. Yeah, if it was a couple years ago, you know, when we had Eric Erdman on our staff, you know, that was really the only reason I hired Eric was in in case a three-on-three game broke out and we needed another baller on the staff. But, yeah, just the the one game here this week – Boys are playing up at Orange City against Northwestern here on Wednesday night. I know the women's game will tip off at 6 o'clock um, at the Boltman Center, and then the men's game to follow at 745. So just a quick drive up north. If you can't check that out, please make sure you tune in uh, to the athletics page. going to be two really good games up there now. Well, joining us now is a really special guest, junior guard from Johnson, Iowa, uh, one of the guys that's been a huge lift, especially off the bench on both ends of the floor for us this year. Big hustle guy, Matt Stillwell. Stillwell, what's going on? How's it going? Good, man. How are you? How are things going up at the cliff? How was the Thanksgiving? Good. It was great. Good to see family. Eat a lot of food. you have any Thanksgiving traditions with the family or just more of a, a hangout with family, friends? What do you? What's it look like in Johnson, Iowa on Thanksgiving? Just family, man. Just hanging out with the family, relaxing. What's it go to? Are you guys turkey, ham, stuffing? What's what's on the menu? We did we uh we did both this year, but yeah, we got the whole works: turkey, stuffing, ham, a little bit of corn, mashed potatoes, gravy. You guys smoke a turkey and ham at all, or are you just all natural? Uh, we usually smoke turkey, but we didn't this year. You prefer the smoked? I do. I love smoked food. So, can you attest? Have you had some of Coach Figueres? smoke food can you attest we talked about this earlier is he is it pretty legit it was last year uh thanksgiving um i think it was smoked loin it was pretty pretty solid no complaints still all knows what's up well matt i just want to jump into it uh like i mentioned here earlier you've been a really huge lift so far uh primarily coming off the bench on both ends of the floor and a question i have for you that i think most people don't comprehend or understand right away but when you look at yourself in high school being the guy starting all the time and then transitioning to college was it a really big transition for you to now not start and to come off the bench or was it something that you accepted right away kind of walk us through that a little bit yeah I think for sure I think um you know everybody coming to play college basketball every every guy is that guy at their high school um they're you know they're the guy um, and I think transitioning to college for me, at least, 
I, I think it took me a while. I think definitely my freshman year, it, it, and I think all freshmen go through this, most of them. Um, you you got to learn the ins and outs. You know, just the, the speed is different. And then, like you said, you just – you got to accept kind of that your role is different. You're not that guy anymore. You're a young guy. Um, and I think I think it, it can be hard sometimes, but I think once you, you realize that and you can make that jump, I think things start to click and, and it's up from there. Bobby, you mentioned that Matt came from Dowling Catholic, had a great career there. Was he playing three state tournaments, Matt? Two state right? tournaments. Two, Two state tournaments. And on a side note, also won four football state championships in your time there, correct? All four years? That's pretty impressive. One of the things, uh, thinking back to your freshman year, we play a little bit faster than you guys played at, at Dowling. How much of a, a change was that for you? No, it was, it was, a, uh, yeah, it was a huge change. I mean, we'd, we'd score more points at halftime than we did some whole games in high school. So, yeah, it was definitely up and down, uh, definitely a way faster pace of play. Yeah, it was way different. Now, speaking kind of back to the, the coming off the bench part, and I want to – it's kind of a, a two-part answer here, I guess. So you look back, had a career high a couple weeks ago, came off the bench at Mount Marty in that first GPAC road game, had 26 points, uh, which was very impressive. What did that game feel like for you? Is it something that you kind of felt it leading up, that just something felt good that day, kind of felt it as the game went on? And then also a second part to that question – when you're on the bench and not starting right away to kind of get into that feel, you I mean, yeah, you have it a little bit in warmups. Are you kind of feeling that process out that first three, four possessions on the floor, kind of looking at tendencies and guys that you might match up against, or how are you kind of doing that uh, and seeing things on the floor from the bench right away? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, especially our team there, we got so many guys that are so good and that, that, you know, can be the leading scorer every night or, or be that guy that that is that spark that gets us going. So I don't I don't I don't think it was necessarily something I felt that night. I think it was just I played well. We got the win. Um, but in terms of coming off the bench, I think, yeah, I, I guess to your question, you know, you can kind of see how the game's going or at least how it starts and, and what the guys look like um, and maybe their tendencies. But I think overall, just staying ready. I, I think, you know, we we know, you know, at least in conference play, we know, we know what other teams are going to try to do for the most part. And I think staying ready. And I, I would add from a, from a philosophical standpoint, you know, for, as a coaching staff, having a guy who can play the six man spot and come off the bench and, you know, give you 26 on any given night, or it doesn't have to be that, but right now Matt's our second leading scorer throughout through eight games. And that's not the first time that's happened. It's not going to be the last, you know, that guy is going to play a big role for us. He's going to be a big part of what we do. And we've had a lot of guys. I mean, if you think of some of the six men we've had in the recent past, you know, it's Matt, Nick Hoyt, Ethan Friedel, going back a couple of years, Jaden Klein-Hesslink, Austin Leffler, Eric Erdman. There's some pretty big names there that, that guy's going to end up playing starter minutes anyway. And I, I think if you look at Matt, and this can go back to last year too, because he was kind of in that same role, he finishes a lot of games. And that there's something to be said for that. And I know it's easy to get caught up in starting and all that stuff, and that's what people care about that stuff. And you get 
you know, lineups and all that stuff, whatever. But as a coach, we probably spend more time thinking about who's going to finish the game for us than we do who's going to start the game for us. Because when it comes down to it, that's that's when you're going to win and lose more often than not. So, but Matt Matt's done a great job now for a year plus coming off the bench and kind of burst onto the scene last year for us after not necessarily playing a whole whole lot as a freshman. And that speaks to the adjustment he kind of talked about earlier too. Yeah, without a doubt, and everyone who watches games, they they know that and they can see it on the floor too. And it, and Matt, you you touched on it here a little bit, and I want to get your perspective on it. You said, especially in the G Pack, uh, you're going to be playing these teams two times, and maybe that first time throughout the year, um, they're not going to know your tendencies um, as much as they will the second time around. So we haven't hit that part in the season yet, but from your experience last year. When you get to that second time around in GPAC play, how do you adjust to a team, let's just say a, a Dort, knowing what you did the first time around, what your tendencies are, what sets people are running, things like that? How do you adjust to that and just flat out just outwork your guy one-on-one? I think the first thing is, um, you know, the second time around when you play a conference team is the first game really doesn't matter. You know, win, lose whatever, how much you won by, how much you lost by. I I really don't think that matters because obviously it's a, it's the second time around a new game and and whether or not it went well or not very well the first time, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think tendency-wise, you, you know kind of the second time what, what they're trying to do, but you can't you can't just rely on that. You still gotta you still gotta go out and, and and play and it's a new game. So I think I think the important thing to take is, you know, stick to what we're doing and you kind of know what they're doing. But at the same time, it's 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 a new game. And I think, you know, Bobby, you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes you can fall into the trap of if you won the first time around, you don't want to fall in the trap of hey, we can just do what we did last time, it's going to work again. That's, that's a slippery slope and a dangerous slope to go down. And, you know, likewise, if, if you get beat, you can't just assume they're going to do what they did. It's just kind of a cat and mouse game all the time. And, yeah, you want to watch that film and learn from it, and you're going to get a lot of tendencies and, and ideas of what teams are doing. But you can't you can't just go in with the same plan, that's for sure. Without a doubt. And I know – Matt, every once in a while, I get to talking about Briarcliff Hoops and, and saying how the year's going. And I often catch myself kind of referring to you in a sense, like a Kawhi Leonard and the fact of you're just kind of the the silent assassin in a sense. You don't really react a whole lot. You're not like flamboyant with with calls and referees and stuff. You just kind of go about your business and, and do the dirty work and you're diving on the floor and all that stuff. So basically, my question to that is, like, what what makes you tick? What makes you go? Because let's be honest, for the most part, you're going to be like that top defender on the floor who's lined up against maybe their best score. And there's going to be times that you switch and you might guard one through five, but what, what makes you go? Like what drives you to be like, Hey, like you're, you're not scoring on me. Like what, what do you cherish and, and idolize the most about locking up with maybe their best score at that point? Um, First of all, the reaction of the refs and and how the game's going, I think, Coach probably disagree with that, but um, sometimes, yeah. Um, 
as far as like defense goes, I, I think you just gotta, and we talk about this all the time. I think it's just about taking pride, you know, knowing as a team to get a stop, you know, it takes everybody, but I think individually it's just taking pride and, and just not letting your guy score kind of that mentality. And, you know, it happens, you know, no one's going to, you know, scoreless necessarily, but I think, yeah, I think it's, it's really just about pride and, and how bad do you want to get a stop? I don't remember who I heard this from, but Matt's right. I, I wish I remember who I heard it from. I'd give credit to him, but you know, they said defense is 20% X's and O's and you know, what's your coverage? What are you doing on this screen, this action? And it's 80%. Just, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get a stop? And and I truly believe that. And I could, I think we could talk to the, the best defense in the history of basketball, which we can't do that. I'm not that good of a defensive coach, but if we did, it doesn't matter if, if guys aren't willing to go out and do whatever it takes to get a stop. And I, I think Matt's taken such a big step there over the last year, but he leads us in steals. He's done a really, he makes a lot of plays off the ball, very instinctive. And that's, comes down to it's it's want to and that's we're a work in progress defensively in that regard but we're we're getting there and Matt you are the guy on the team that will dive on the floor and get that extra possession all the time do you ever catch yourself maybe in practice um because I know analytics and things that our program we we do that a lot with keeping tallies with dives on the floor loose balls charged all that stuff do you ever catch yourself kind of talking to those underclassmen or maybe even a couple of guys older than you like like, hey, why don't you get on the floor? Or, hey, that's perfect time to get on the floor. Like, we need that extra possession. Do you ever kind of find yourself being more vocal about that at all in practice uh, or in games? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think as a group collectively, we know, you know, in regards to we're not the biggest team. Nobody's going to deny that. Um, I, I think I think our biggest thing is we, we, we try to finish possessions. And so I think if, if as a group we can encourage each other and, and, and you know, tell each other like, hey, we got to get this loose ball or we got to get that rebound or we got to get on the floor for, for that ball. I think, yeah, I think as a group we kind of all tell each other that and we point it out to each other when, you know, there's a play to be made like that. Well, Matt, appreciate you a lot for coming on, talking to us for a little bit. Been a hell of a start to the year for you. Keep that continued success going. Keep it going forward. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. Good luck here Wednesday night. Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that was big time having Matt on. I know he's a, he's a really good young guy, uh, really fun to watch, high energy. So appreciate him coming on. And before we wrap it up here, Coach, that time for the episode, for the segment of the shout-outs here for this week, who is your shout-out you got here for us tonight? Well, it's kind of a multifaceted shout-out, but this is the week that Nebraska and Iowa high school basketball starts and South Dakota started practice this week. They're a little bit behind. And so just all those high school teams, players, guys we're recruiting, coaches we know, just out of those guys wishing them the best of luck as they as they start their season. And we always look forward to getting out to games and watching kids play. And that's uh causes some late nights sometimes, but it's uh at the end of the day I get paid to watch basketball. It's a pretty good gig. So those guys as they're getting rolling here. Yeah, that's a that's a good one to touch on. I know a lot of them are starting up here. We've got some alumni from the program that are coaches that are starting up their season. So definitely a huge shout out to them. Uh, just want to give a shout out here. Nothing really in detail or particular. Just want to give a shout out to family. I know this last weekend with Thanksgiving was 
great seeing a lot of family, a lot of friends. Want to give a, a shout out to them just for a lot of support and encouragement uh, throughout everything here. So definitely a shout out to, to friends and family uh, here this last week. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the BC Buckets podcast. Once again, for the second week in a row, just one game this week uh, on the road here, Wednesday night up in Orange City at the Boltman Center. The women's game will tip off against Northwestern here at six with the men's game to follow here at 745. Going to be another great one. Great matchup. Always fun when we get to play Northwestern. So coach, best of luck. Get after it. And looking forward to talking to you here this next week. All right. Thanks, Bobby.